You're listening to the Employment Rights Online podcast, where we discuss everything employment rights and the job. Hi there. We hope you are having a positive Employment Rights Week. The Employment Rights Online podcast is a podcast for employees and all types of workers. And if that's you, the information in our podcasts is written with your employment rights in mind. As usual, we welcome your comments and questions and we would love it if you would like, share and subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss a thing. Finally, you can find all our support and help information at the bottom of the show notes where you're listening to this podcast episode. Just hit any of the links and you'll be taken straight to our help pages. This week, we move into part two of our Ghost Jobs episodes, after last week's episode, where we looked at what happens to you when you think you are successful in getting a real job with real prospects of starting that job, only to find that after several weeks or months, the job was never there for you, for one reason or another. So, After establishing that you've been deceived into applying for a ghost job, where you have probably given up a real job to start that ghost job, and in the process lost wages or salary whilst you've been sat waiting for the start date of your ghost job, what can you do to take action against the employer that has done this to you? Well, you'll be pleased to know that you do have employment rights in this area, but only if you receive a job offer. Your job offer is when the employer lets you know that you have been successful at interview and you have been appointed to the job and you accept that job offer. That bit is really important. You have to accept the job. That acceptance exchange that you have with the employer can be completed either verbally or in writing. So if anyone tries to tell you that you didn't get the job offer in writing and therefore you have no rights, that's incorrect. It can be either verbally or in writing. But of course, our advice is that if you're in this position, you should ask for the successful job offer to be sent to you in writing preferably by email, because then you will have a way to evidence your email exchange. The key point that we want to make, however, is that once you have accepted your job offer, you may be in a legally binding contract of employment with your employer. Nothing needs to have been signed and you don't need to have started your job. Now, we say on the way to being in a legally binding contract because not all job offers are the same. In fact, there are two distinct job offers that you need to be aware of. The unconditional job offer and the conditional job offer. And in this episode, we'll be looking at the unconditional job offer and your employment rights in relation to that type of job offer. So, Going back to your ghost job, if you have received an unconditional job offer 
What this means is that you are now in a legally binding contract with your employer and your employer has confirmed that the job offer is unconditional or that you have met all the conditions required for you to be offered the job. This is important because the unconditional status of your job offer means that your employer can't come back later on and start saying that you were not able to start the job because you didn't have something or couldn't do something that the job required. No, once your unconditional offer is given to you, this tells you that you have met all the requirements and you are ready to start work. This is the best position to be in because this means that if your job offer is withdrawn or never arrives, your employer at a minimum could be liable to pay you notice pay because you not starting the job is in effect a withdrawal of the job by the employer and your notice pay is a reflection of what you may be owed following the termination of your employment. Now, because you don't have two years employment rights status, because you will have just been starting the job, you will likely only be entitled to the statutory minimum level of notice pay, which is currently one week's wages for the first year of employment, unless, of course, the employer has what we call enhanced terms and conditions where they can pay more. But legally, It's one week's wages for the first year of employment. One week. This is fine if everything happened to you over a two to four week period where your losses may have been lower. But remember in the example we spoke about last week, our listeners had been waiting for between nine and 13 months, waiting for that start date. So in our case, One week's wages would feel like a bit of an insult, right? So what else could you do if you have an unconditional job offer in similar circumstances to our listeners? Well, you could decide to bring a breach of contract claim to an employment tribunal, but you would need to do that within three months minus one day of the day you drew the line in the sand and determine that the job had been withdrawn, or the day the employer confirms that the job offer has been withdrawn. You would, as we've said, be making a claim for breach of contract, and you would have to prove that you have suffered some form of financial loss to succeed in your claim. So in this instance, you may be able to claim the wages you have lost whilst waiting for your employer to start you on your job. And you'd be telling a tribunal that you were committed to that job and that you genuinely believed that you would be starting that job and you likely have the paperwork calling you back time and time again to prove that the employer had tied you into waiting for that job. So again, in the case of our listeners, they would be able to demonstrate that the employer called them back to the job time and time again, continuing to tie them into the job and making them feel like their start date was just around the corner. All the letters and telephone calls and anything that they have that evidences how their employer strung them along 
before the job disappeared, well, all of that will be very important evidence that the job existed and that the status of the breach of contract is real. Our listeners would also be able to demonstrate the loss of earnings and any other payments which they've suffered as a result of the breach of contract. And that could be calculated by totalling up the amount of financial loss they've suffered since leaving their previous job until the day they walked away from the ghost job or until the job was officially withdrawn. The total might also include things like loss of holiday pay or loss of pension contributions and even possibly loss of a bonus, which would have been paid by the previous employer. And in addition to this, our listeners might not even have to rely on their previous earnings. They may be able to rely on the earnings they've lost whilst waiting for the new job to start. This would be a matter for the tribunal. What cannot be claimed for is any claim for the distressed cause to their hurt feelings. We call that legally injury to feelings. They can't claim for that. Now, when you're entering into this kind of breach of contract claim, it's important to note that an employment tribunal can only award damages up to £25,000 in breach of contract claims. So if your claim is likely to be more than this in the exact circumstances of the breach of contract before your start date, then you'll have to file your claim in a county court where awards of more than £25,000 can actually be made by the tribunal. Now, a point to note here is that our listeners will not be able to claim anything from their ghost employer because they missed the employment tribunal cut-off date. Remember, they were waiting for nine months when the cut-off point for the tribunal was three months minus one day. And they missed that cut-off point because they were not aware of the employment rights they had. And because of this, their claim is now out of time. A point to remember here is that an employer facing a breach of contract claim may try to counter your claim with a claim for financial losses against any award you may receive. And the employer will do that by suggesting to a tribunal that even though you were waiting for the job, you should also have been mitigating your losses. And what this means is that an employer may try to suggest that they did in fact give you an option to wait for your start date or to leave. And that option should have alerted you to the possibility that you should have been looking for other work to offset your losses. Offsetting your losses again, meaning to balance out the money you lost from not being paid from your previous job or the job you were waiting for. The employer may try to suggest that you should have known this and you should have been looking for work elsewhere.
If we were the employer, we would run that argument because there's nothing to lose. And it's not beyond the pale to believe that you might face this kind of challenge to any damages you might be awarded. Because an employer is going to be focused not just on the damages, but on the company reputation. And if the employer can persuade a tribunal that you are also partly liable for money that you have lost... Well, it just looks better in the tribunal decision. And that's it for this week. In the final episode of this series next week, we look at two other types of tribunal claims you can make for the loss of ghost jobs. And we'll also look at conditional job offers and how this type of offer can impact on your employment rights. So remember to listen in for that episode. You can find all our support links at the bottom of the show notes for this episode. And if you would like to book a consultation with us to look at bullying or abuse, which you may be suffering at work, or indeed any other kind of employment rights concern you may have, you can email us at employmentrightsonline at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can go directly to our consultations booking page using the consultations link, which is also in the show notes. Finally, remember you can help us by sharing our podcast information with your family, friends and colleagues, and also by leaving us a review on iTunes or a rating on Spotify if you enjoy our podcasts. Until next week... Have the best employment rights week that you can. Bye for now.